Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message is taken from our gospel reading from the first chapter of St. John with an emphasis on these words. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. This is our text, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. It was September of 1999, and I was 12 years old. It was a Tuesday afternoon, and school had just let out. I had just finished the walk home and settled in with a snack to finish my homework uh, before Dad came home, when suddenly I heard the phone ring. It was my friend Aaron, and his voice was positively shaking with excitement. Dude, drop whatever you're doing and get over here now. You've got to see this. Without any further explanation, he hung up, and for a while I briefly decided if I should tackle my homework before heading over to his house, but something inside me just knew that I had to follow his lead and head over to his house right away. Now in full hype mode, I practically sprinted the three blocks over to his house where he already had the door open and waiting. With him, as always, was my friend Brian, and the three of us then huddled in close to gaze at the tiny screen of his living room computer. I could hardly wait to figure out what all of this was about, but of course the 56K modem and dial-up internet attached to the computer struggled mightily for more than 20 minutes to load what turned out to be just a three-minute-long video. The good old days, right? Finally, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to ask my friends, what could possibly be worth this kind of wait for just one short video? Both of them turned and looked at me as though I was from Mars, and they said, seriously? Where have you been? Didn't you hear the news? Sony just uploaded the trailer for the PlayStation 2. And suddenly, I was very excited. All at once, the hype became real. The video finished loading and buffering, and a great silence fell over the room as we were treated for the first time to images of the sleek, jet-black gaming console. Oh, but friends, if you were there at the time, then you remember it was more than just a console. It was also a DVD player. It could also, for the first time in technology history, connect to the internet with an expensive add-on and let you play games with your friends no matter where in the world they were. It promised cutting-edge graphics and gameplay unlike anything that had been seen before on the systems that came before it. As the promises were made and the trailer concluded and the music died down, a Sony rep finished the presentation by giving an estimated price and release date. It was then that the CNET reporter who was covering the event turned and looked into the camera, awestruck and struggling to find the words. He mumbled, Summer of 2000, everything changes. And with all that, needless to say, the group of guys crammed in that, around that tiny living room computer were more than excited. 
Sony had just promised something far beyond our wildest expectations. How could anything live up to this kind of hype? Well, it would be more than a year and a half that we would have to wait and see. Friends, have you ever had news that was so big or so grand or so exciting and earth-shattering that you had to share it and share it right away? News that you simply couldn't keep bottled up or keep to yourself. In today's gospel lesson, we saw the apostle Philip as he received the call to follow Jesus, and he was so excited that the very first thing he thought to do was to go and tell his close friend what had just happened. Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, Nathanael, we have found him. We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip's news was earth-shattering. It was packed with meaning. But strangely, you might have noticed it's not an altogether accurate assessment of Jesus either. Maybe you picked up on that first claim that he made when talking in his excitement about the Messiah. He comes and tells Nathanael that he and his fellow followers had just found Jesus. And this language, well, if you grew up in the general Western Protestant tradition anyways, probably isn't all that unfamiliar to you. Perhaps you might even cringe just a little bit as you picture the guys ringing your doorbell in the afternoon in their plain white shirts and their bright red ties, asking you that all-important question, have you found Jesus? And yet, as we look at the text today, it's quite clear that it's not the apostles who are doing the finding, but it is Jesus himself. Jesus, he comes to Simon and Andrew, and he calls them out of the company of his cousin John the Baptist. And the next day, where our text picks up, he moves from Bethany to Galilee. And there, he found Philip. That is in quotations, because it is a direct quote. That's what the scriptures say, that Jesus finds his own. He finds his disciples, and he calls them out of darkness to follow him. And yet, in some strange, curious way, We in our sin like to read passages like this and we like to try to reframe them as though it was we ourselves who did the hard work of seeking Jesus out and finding him. We like to imagine that he's somehow hiding from us and if we only put that effort in, then we too can find Jesus. In this way and with these words, we see Philip and the other disciples just as they are starting out their journey and like us, they still have quite a ways to go. But that's okay, because in that next verse, Philip nails it. He tells Nathanael that this Jesus must be the very one who was promised by Moses in the law and all of the Old Testament prophets. Nathanael, Philip must have said, come quick, this is huge news, drop what you're doing. This Jesus of Nazareth, he is the long-awaited Messiah. Come quick, you've got to see this. And hearing this incredible, this world-changing news, Nathaniel does something else that we're all probably 
familiar with, disappointing though it is. Nathanael hears the good news of the Messiah, God in flesh come to be among his people, and he doubts. He takes it upon himself to reign on the parade. He sees his friend's excitement and faith, and he answers it with skepticism. If Philip is the awestruck observer standing in the crowd saying, this changes everything, well, then Nathaniel is that guy who is a few scrolls of the mouse down in the comments section who says, eh, I'll believe it when I see it. Pick sort didn't happen. But that's not what Nathaniel says. His comment is somehow even snarkier than that. He looks Philip square in the eye and he says, really? Can anything good possibly come out of Nazareth? For here's Philip announcing the Lamb of God is finally incarnate. He's come to take away the sins of the world. And Nathaniel, and Nathaniel won't hear it. Because it turns out that the Messiah is from that sleepy backwater town of Nazareth. Certainly, like every good Jew, Nathaniel was probably waiting for the Messiah. But like every poor, miserable sinner, he likely already had in his mind ideas concerning what exactly that Messiah would be like. The Jesus of Nathaniel's imagination could have been anything from a mighty warrior to a noble king. Maybe Nathaniel pictured a wise and wealthy scholar or a shrewd politician, someone who confirmed all of his opinions and biases and someone who would come and be great among men. Certainly, Nathaniel must have thought, not some no-name from the podunk town of Nazareth. But hearing his friend's doubts, Philip gives some of the best advice that was ever recorded in all of the Holy Scriptures. He encourages his friend not to take his word for it, but to actually get up and experience for himself what was happening. Philip says to Nathaniel, come and see. Dear friends, many people today are still seeking Jesus. But like Nathaniel, what they're seeking is a Jesus of their own imagining. A Jesus who validates their own private politics and prejudices. A Jesus who's on board with all of their ideals and expectations. To these folks, the church has just one thing to say. Come and see. See for yourself who the real Jesus is and what it is that he has come to do for you. Because once you let go of all those old, selfish, foolish, sinful desires and begin instead to desire the things of God through the working of his Holy Spirit, it's only then that everything starts to change. When Nathaniel accepted his friend's invitation, when he got up and came to see Jesus... Well, Jesus answered his skepticism with a minor miracle. First, seeing Nathanael coming to meet him, he identifies him as an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. You see, despite his skepticism towards him, Jesus revealed the very best of what this man could be. Not a skeptic, not a doubter, not a sinner, but a truth-teller. And Nathaniel is taken aback by this seeming flattery. How, how could this man possibly know who he is? How could you know me? He asked Jesus. And it's then 
that Jesus performs that small miracle by correctly stating Nathanael's whereabouts prior to their ever having even met. He said, before Philip called you, when you were there under the fig tree, I saw you. I have known you from the beginning. I was there before you were you. And just like that, with this seemingly small, inconsequential demonstration of power, everything changes in an instant for Nathaniel. He immediately confesses Jesus to be the Son of God and the King of Israel. Suddenly, the hype was real. Nathaniel had seen with his own eyes the power and the authority of this now present Messiah. You know, friends, I remember that silly PlayStation story from almost 24 years ago now because of how exciting and revolutionary it felt at the time. But any of you out there this morning who enjoy playing with the newest toys or gadgets, you know that the hype that we feel when we first see our brand new tech, that feeling doesn't really last, does it? In fact, it's not long before the next big thing arrives And soon, those objects that we were so excited about at first, they suddenly feel outdated and outclassed by something new or something better or something faster and more powerful. Nathaniel was excited at first because Jesus revealed something new and astounding to him. But this simple outward sign of Jesus' power, it was more than just an indication that Jesus was the latest and greatest and the long line of prophets and miracle workers from the Bible. There would be no next big thing to replace Jesus. He said to his new disciple, Nathaniel, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Well, you will see greater things than these. He said to him, truly I say to you, you will see heaven opened and you will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Friends, what did you come here today to see? Are you here for all of the outward signs? Do you enjoy the fellowship, the liturgy, the lovely hymns? Are you here for quality time to spend with your family? Or did you show up today because Pastor Beck gives such great sermons? If so, you have my condolences. But you might also be surprised to hear me say that these things, great though they might be, are only temporary outward signs. These are things which will come and go. We all know that relationships tend to change over time, don't they? We could get new hymnals, or we could perhaps stop playing all your favorite hymns quite as often as you'd like. Pastor Beck, despite his best efforts, is going to have off days, and he might not always be on point. Someday you could have a totally new pastor who you might not gel with on a personal level. The fellowship, the music, the clergy, the liturgy, these are all fine things insofar as they serve the function of revealing Jesus. But if these things, these outward signs, if they start to become the reason that you're arriving each and every Sunday, well, friends, sooner or later, you're going to leave disappointed. For this reason, Jesus invites you, just like he invited Nathaniel and Philip and all of his apostles, to take your eyes off of the temporary outward signs and focus instead on what they point to, 
of the eternal blessings and the benefits that Christ has come to give. Come and see, says Jesus. Come and see the true Jesus, who suffered and died for you on Calvary's cross to take away your sin. Come and see the true Jesus, who works in you the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Come and see the true Jesus as he comes to you again present at his table to nourish you and feed you with his body and blood. If these things are what you came to see, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, then I promise you that hype is never going to die down. The blessings and promises of your Savior will last unto eternity and you will see that the heavens have indeed been opened just like the apostles saw. Your Lord and God has invited you to come and see him, to enter his house and receive his gifts and to experience the fullness of his love and mercy toward you. Come and see, dear friends, this Jesus of Nazareth. He changes everything. In his most awesome name, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.